0: There's nothing about our show that's really geared around just being enter- entertainment. You know, nope. um, you, you got to be interesting. We want to have interesting things. We hope that you, you know, Flyover Family, you enjoy the the ride and the process, and it's engaging. And we work very hard uh, to be accurate, to have you know, visual stuff, and to mm-hmm. have the sound good, and you know, all these things that would be a distraction. Uh, with every piece of content that we do, we ask ourselves, even when a guest is booked, like, okay, how do we make this the best value for those listening? But there's one category above all else, other than when we were originally talking about vaccines, is is your finances. Mm-hmm. We're dealing in a, in, a, in a global environment now with very serious people. We did uh, some breakdowns of Tucker's interview with Vladimir Putin last week. And we have to live in a world where we're intelligent enough to think, uh, for ourselves and not just be sold memes from, uh, one perspective, like, Oh, he's terrible. and don't listen to anything. Mm -hmm. You can think terrible or, or not terrible. Uh, they're very serious people that are being very intentional in their leadership. And people rise to leadership in different ways in other environments. In our country, we don't have a, a Wonderlick test and a scouting combine to get the best among us. We don't have a an audition and they 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 work against mm-hmm. each other and we're like Th- that guy, that's a leader. That's who we want right there. Here's how we get our leaders by the them going to chicken dinners and convincing people to church and this and that that I'm pro-life and I'm going and if they can get enough money. Then they win. So it's more of a ability to raise funds mm-hmm. and, and, and kind of persuade, persuade mm-hmm. opinions. And that's how we get our leaders. And it's, it's kind of sad. I use the example in the NFL. If we got all of our coaches, the only way you can be a coach in the NFL is by spending 12 years in the ballet and then now you're a coach. That would create no dysfunction sense. because you'd have very serious people playing and the people leading would not be the most competent mm-hmm. among those in the field. That is our country. And I, I would love for that to change. I would love to be a, a reality show where they got to run a lemonade stand or something, you know, and like do something like The Apprentice. And like, that's how we we would choose them based on some sort of a test or competency. Mm-hmm. We don't have that. And they're competing against very serious people, whether they're good countries or bad countries. There are very serious countries that are making moves. Mm-hmm. They're very aware. aware. Aware of how we're being run. So, with that all in play, we have to work together. That's the purpose of what we do. Again, more than anything else we do, our segment here is about informing you so that you don't walk into a blizzard with no coat. Uh, We're not denying the blizzard. We're saying, hey, it's snowing. We had better make adjustments ourselves. And you need the right information to be able to do that. Somebody that we've trusted and we've known for over 25 years. And truly, if something happened to me, More than anyone in this world, I would trust this guest to handle my finances, to take care of my family Mm -hmm. financially, and I would trust him completely. And that is a a Mm hard-earned thing that takes decades. He has not one, but two PhDs, so he has both the character and the mental capacity Mm -hmm. to do that. The one and only Dr. Dr. Kirk Elliott. Yay!
1: Welcome!
0: Oh, my word. So that was the sweetest thing anyone's ever said about me.
1: Oh, the introduction it's the, it's
0: the, it's the truth yeah it, it is because when it comes to money it's a little bit different i'll mm-hmm. you know somebody wants to recommend i buy this car or that car i'll, I'll take it and I'll, I'll look at it people expend a lot of effort to earn income mm-hmm. and there's a lot riding on it and so it's it's something you want to you know is very sacred and hold on to and when we're dealing with guys like putin you got to look at it and say well mm-hmm. what are they doing What's yeah. their view here? We just came out of the Super Bowl. It's like, well, if you could listen to what the other coaches are saying in the other locker room, say, well, that coach is a good guy. He's a bad guy. He's not a good husband. He, I want to know what he's saying yep. because we can make adjustments based on that information. And when you see, um, you know, we did some spots. I'll put a link down below, You know, stuff we've covered. But it's things we did with you back last July, talking about the massive amounts mm-hmm. of gold and silver that those countries are Coming. We put sanctions on them so they can't have McDonald's, they can't have Starbucks, they can't have Pornhub, you know, and like they're all the like,
1: things we're like, we would be a better country with those without those yeah, things.
0: We put a grip on their their swift their swift banking system. We do things where they can't do financial transactions and they'd be like, Okay, uh here's what we're gonna do. Boom, we're gonna go and do this. And they're thriving while we're in a clown show where they're arguing whether we need 5,000 or 10,000 people a day crossing our southern border. And so um, that's the kind of world that we're living in. And and the amount of gold those countries are storing up and silver, it's like, oh, that's a pretty good clue what we need to be doing individually. But – I only knew that because we've been talking to you every week for two years. And last July, you were saying the things that mm-hmm. these guys are doing. There's a chart we got on the screen right there. You look at United Arab Emirates, all the way down, all the way at China and Russia. You look at them at the bottom of the screen. Their chart fills up the whole screen left to right with the number of tons of gold that they're putting in mm-hmm. reserves. The interesting thing, if you're flyover family and you're not looking at this grid, there's a it point out one obvious thing. The United States isn't on the list.
1: I know that's so we're not even in the
0: gym. No, but okay. So keep that chart up
2: there because this is important as I was listening to Putin and, and Tucker, you know, a couple hours of it. There was a few points that I dissected out of that. And, and a couple of them were, it's like, Oh my word, David and Stacy, everything that Putin is saying with regards to the dollar and financially we covered a year ago. Mm-hmm. We covered two years ago, right? And and to hear it from the horse's mouth that this is what they're doing, it's like, I, I mean, I, I felt really good.
1: Mm-hmm. I felt really
2: good that we've been advising people properly. And it's like, but yeah. but I, it's not that any of this was conjecture or opinion on my part or yours. It's like, we're just reiterating what they've actually yep. said,
0: Mm
1: -hmm. Right.
2: And it's like, okay, when they say it, they are the policy makers of the world and it's going to happen. Now is Putin the policy maker of the world? No, but he's like the spokesperson for the BRICS nations, which is 70% of the world's population. But check this out on this chart, Russia, China, India, Brazil, uh, who are the other ones? Um, United Arab Emirates, I mean, all these countries, and and then the ones that want to be part of the BRICS nations, like Uzbekistan, Kazakhstan, um, Turkey. You know, you you add all of those in. It's like, wow, that's a lot of gold. It dwarfs the gold from the West. Mm-hmm. Like you yeah. in America. I mean, so so what are they doing? Well, Putin first said it in August twenty second through twenty twenty fourth when the BRICS nations met. He said, "We're going to de-dollarize the world. That's our objective, and it's irreversible." Then, with Tucker's interview, he said the same thing again, but from a different point of view almost. So, so when you listen to him, the first 30 minutes was all uh, history. Like he mm-hmm. knew the history of Russia like it was nobody's business. Mm-hmm. Um, going way back to like 850, 80 right. or something. Yep. Like that, right. So, so, I contrast that with Biden, who can't even remember what happened yesterday. Mm-hmm. Right. It's like, okay. A nation is only as strong as its leader, right? And I'm not saying, don't get me wrong, I'm not saying that I agree with everything that Putin says, like he's the most amazing person in the history of the world. I am not saying that. But what I am saying is he loves his country. He's an absolute nationalist for his country. He understands its history and the place that he thinks Russia should play in the world order. And he speaks with confidence on that. Where I don't, I don't think our leadership actually knows anymore where America should be um, in this, or where world. we came from, or where we came from. Mm-hmm. You know, we came from our founding fathers, which is all about what religious freedom. Yep. That's how our country started, right. and then what did it go to? You had the Boston Tea Party, right? It's like no taxation without representation, mm-hmm. and once we won that Revolutionary War, which started with with our ancestors basically coming over here, fleeing the religious persecution in Europe, right? This was about religious freedom, Mm -hmm. right? It's like, wow, they built an amazing society based on God's way for the country and freedom of choice in everything that we do. And now we have to understand there are consequences to our choices, both good and bad, depending on how you choose. But it's that freedom to make those decisions on our own, which is what created America, right? Because most people, when you think about it, Set when when they're first starting out, that self-interest to, to grow and to thrive and to build something that's amazing and create a legacy for families, that's what they wanted. Mm-hmm. You get, though, to the point of you are so successful for so long and this is just human nature that all of a sudden you, that turns into apathy and apathy ultimately turns into dependence, which is yeah. where we are today, right? So, So you're looking, though, at Putin's perspective. They want what we have. Mm-hmm. They want to be the world's reserve currency, part of the BRICS Nations. Well, one of the things that he said in there was it's not that we were, it's not that we were trying to do this, right? And to de-dollarize the world. America did that to itself. And he started talking about inflation. And why would the rest of the world, like this is my paraphrase and interpretation okay. of what why would the rest of the world want the US dollar when look at their debt, $34 trillion worth of debt. And they can't pay it back, so it was America's decisions that forced our hand. Is basically what he was saying. He said we didn't intentionally want to destroy the dollar. Now I don't know if I necessarily believe that. But, I think he did. But he mm-hmm. he's right in the sense of he said he doesn't hate Americans. He hates our leadership because they're using the dollar as a weapon politically against the rest of the world. So it's like you do that long enough you're going to create enemies and the the rest of the world is now seeing that and saying well you use that that against us for economic sanctions and this and yep. that and now Biden is using economic sanctions against his own people with not allowing exports of liquefied natural gas to Europe or Asia or the rest of the mm-hmm. world right so so I understand what Putin's saying that that the leadership of America using the dollar as a weapon politically they're using it against our own people for crying out loud. So so a lot of what Putin said resonates as absolute truth. Right? Um, but we always have to take it with a grain of salt, right? Where Putin is going to tell the world what Putin wants the world to hear, right? So Sure. So but with that, oh, there's so much accuracy I believe in what he said and and but de-dollarizing the world—how did they do that? They're adding all these oil-producing nations to it, and and so we've talked about this numerous times. But in in hindsight, after this interview, it's like, wow, we were right.
1: Mm-hmm. I mean,
2: literally, we've been right for over a year, and that they are de-dollarizing. They are going to take yep. away the petrodollar status. They are going to force us to print our way out of existence. And this is their goal. And and part of this is coupled with now, you know, a Chinese philosophy of like the Sun Tzu War Academy. It's like you don't you're let right. your enemy know what you're doing until you're ready to attack. And then, boom, you spring it on them and it's too late at that point for them to actually react. Right. Mm-hmm. So what Putin's saying, apply that to China being part of the BRICS nations. It's like they played a masterful, patient game where they didn't try to take the world's reserve currency status until they were ready. Well, now it's like, at this point, it's too late, right? Mm-hmm. For us to actually recover from that because in and behind the scenes, you know, those charts that we just showed, they are buying gold by the thousands or hundreds of tons. And this is where the misdirection yep. they've had for, for decades of don't listen to what they say where they say, Oh, gold's an ancient relic. It's stupid. You know, what? just, you know, use our currency and our, and our upcoming central bank digital currency. Well, what are they doing with their central bank digital currency?
0: They're backing it with gold.
1: Mm-hmm. Right?
0: So, hmm. Interesting. Then that's what they're demanding be- of everybody that joins BRICS nations. They're not yeah. having heavily leveraged in debt nations. You better have, you better have a thing. You better be the oil producing nations or you better have a ton of gold well, that's part of their application process. They got 40 in the wings waiting to come on, but they just added those Saudi nations because they have things they have something of value. Mm-hmm. It's oil. And everybody thinks, well, oil, we're going to electric cars. Everything's made of oil. You need it. We're, I mean, we're decades and decades and decades away. No matter no matter how many electric cars and Teslas people drive, you can't have the plastic fenders or your, your, mm-hmm. your medications without oil. Well, David and Stacy, here's where you start to connect some other dots from
2: what the BRICS nations have done, what Putin said in his interview with Tucker and what he said before, when, when the BRICS nations take away uh, demand for the U.S. dollar because they're trading in their own currency for oil, that means we're going to have to print more money yep. because mm-hmm. there's no foreign capital inflow. When that happens, that causes inflation. They're going to have to raise interest rates. So what is that going to mean to banks? Banks then, with in, in light of higher interest rates, you're going to have more delinquencies and defaults, right? So, yep. so when... When they didn't when they didn't lower interest rates on the last meeting, which was a couple Mm of weeks ago, um, like they said they were going to, they kept promising, oh, we're going to lower rates throughout Mm -hmm. 2024, you know, because we've won this battle against inflation. Then they paused, but they've paused for the last four times in a row. Basically, now the banking sector said, oh, crud, (laughs) we we're going to have more delinquencies. And bank stocks came crashing down to earth two weeks ago, like massively just falling off a cliff, right? And so one of those was New York Community Bank. So New York Community Bank was the bank that acquired Signature Bank, you know, because back when Silicon Valley Bank went under, it was also um, Silvergate, uh, Signature Bank, Credit Suisse, and First Republic, right? right? There There was those banks that went under. Signature Bank got bought out by New York Community Bank. Here's a lesson to all of us. When you acquire toxic debt from somebody else, you then become toxic. It's like you poison the well. So, Signature Bank was so bad that now New York Community Bank is mm. is about to go under. You know, their their share value lost 70% in January alone.
1: Wow. And only
2: 40% of New York Community Bank's assets are are not under FDIC insurance. You realize that? They were talking about almost half of all of their assets are not covered by FDIC. It's like, what is this gonna mean to the banks moving forward? Putin knows what this is gonna mean for banks because he knows that when they de-dollarize the world, which is now their plan, that we're gonna have to print our way out of it. Printing requires higher interest rates, Mm -hmm. higher interest rates means banks are gonna default. But it's a little bit more than that. Like we've covered before, you've got um, that the, let's see, it's the bank, temp financing program that we talked about last week that sunsets on march 11th so what is that gonna mean means there's no more emergency funding for banks i'm telling you i think that we are going to see bank failures start to manifest themselves in a much faster rate starting the beginning of march and this what we're seeing Mm -hmm. with new york community bank is just the beginning of the mayhem just the beginning
1: wow Okay. So like the, right. like the you you feel like bank failure is going to see more and more and more of those, but March is kind of when that will begin. And why is that? Because that's when things come due. What, when, what is it about that, March?
2: So that's when that, that emergency funding bill that came into place after Silicon Valley, it's called the Bank Temp Financing Program, right? Okay. It's like, remember when we had the, the TARP bill and all this emergency funding from the government way back and. In 2009, when Lehman Brothers and everything was collapsing, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. it's similar, except this is just for bank. It's the emergency funding to the banking sector so okay. they could stop more bank failures. They didn't want a run on the banks. So therefore, you inject these banks with capital when they need it, and they they stopped the, the bank runs. So people think, well, they did it. Their, their policies worked. It's like, oh, it's a Band-Aid. They're stripping the Band-Aid off right now because they've run out of money. There is no more financing, emergency financing for the banks. So if the banks need money, they're going to have to go directly to the Fed. Oh, well, what did the Fed just do? They raised interest rates on those short-term interday loans. So now if the banks need emergency capital, they're going to have to pay more for it. They couldn't afford it from the jump. So now it's going to actually put even more pressure on this thing. And if I were Putin or, or Xi in China, I'd be just salivating. Saying, like, oh my word, I plan it's working. It's wow. actually, working. yeah. Right? So, so I think this is the problem that we have moving forward.
1: How scary is that for people right now that have money in the bank?
2: Well, it should be, it should be really scary. So, um, think about, think about if your banking asset should be the safest asset that you have. I mean, in, in theory, it's like you've already paid taxes on it, it's already there, it's just sitting in right. the bank. And and if you if you ever talk to anybody who thinks that the stock market's gonna collapse, what what do they usually say? It's like I pulled out of the market, I'm just sitting in cash at mm-hmm. the bank. Well, that's no longer I mean, five years ago that was a that was a fine answer, but it's not anymore. Not right. when the money in the bank is equally as risky as the stock market, which is equally as risky as the bond market, which is equally as risky as commercial real estate. It's like, well. It's not a good thing. So, what's left? I mean, there isn't anything left. It's like, oh, yes, there is. So, everything we've been shouting from the rooftops for years, mm-hmm. allocate into tangible physical assets like gold and silver. But I would do silver because it's not part of the banks. It's not part of the stock right. market, not part of the bond market. It's not real estate. It actually thrives under these kind of conditions. I mean, just this morning, as we're recording this show, I silver's up like 40 cents. Um, you know, so you have, Pushes and pullbacks, and pushes and pullbacks, right? And mm-hmm. so some people uh, complain and say, "Kirk, you keep saying that silver is going through the roof." And I and I look back from when I bought it a year ago, and it's about the same. What are you What are you doing here? It's like look back 15 months when silver was 1797, and now it's 23. Look back three years when silver was 1191, and now it's twenty, you know, 23. I mean, those are um, that's amazing growth, right? Three years, it's almost doubled. Anytime during that time, you could have gotten in at a high point or a lower point, but mm-hmm. the trend keeps going upwards. So whenever I advise people, it's like, this isn't a necessarily a short duration thing. I don't, it could be short or it could be long, right? Mm-hmm. The, the point is I'm allocating into this trend until the trend is over. Yeah, And I don't think it's going to be over until silver is probably 75 to a hundred dollars an ounce. Mm-hmm. And now you've got economists all over the world saying 2024 is the year for gold, which means what it's going to be even a greater year for silver because of how the two are are priced against each other with the ratio. There's a historical ratio for the amount of silver it takes to buy one ounce of gold. That's all pointing towards silver as the outperforming asset. So as gold goes up, I think silver is going to go up even more. We need to take advantage of those trends and really flow with them because that's how we ultimately minimize our risk and and maximize our return. Yeah.
1: That makes a ton of sense. So Flyover Family, go to flyovergold.com. It's a landing page. When you get there, there's a place that you can fill out your information. When you do that, someone from Dr. Kirk's team will get a hold of you to set up a free, and I did say free, a free consultation. It doesn't cost you any money whatsoever to find out your options. They're going to go through and find out, okay, what would be the best thing for you? And then you can make the decision for your family, but at least you have the information. Or you can call 720 605 Three nine zero zero. Again it's seven two zero six zero five three nine zero zero. Do it today, you won't regret it. We are so thankful for our relationship with you, Doug Kirk, time. and your team. They're absolutely amazing. This is a crazy time to be alive.
0: Well, just in our lifetime used to be where you'd hear your grandparents talk about how cheap gas was and stuff, and it was seventy-five years before, fifty years you yeah. know before